You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 280, Church Safety in 2020. You know, one of the aspects of this show and something we do talk about periodically is church security and church safety. Uh, Along with being uh, part of the pastoral team at our church, I also oversee the church's security and safety team. And most of you know I was a police officer for almost 30 years. I'm retired now, but I uh, I created the team. It's composed of men and women, and there's only one or two law enforcement members on our team. Most of these folks are just church members who have met the requirements to serve on the team, who uh, have you know faithfully serve protecting uh, the flock week in and week out. But you know the year 2020 has definitely brought some challenges. I'm recording this in August. This has been a very challenging year and especially in the area of church. So, What has changed in the area of church safety and security? And I'm going to give you four things. These are four thoughts that, uh, you know, really for you to take into consideration as you, uh, maybe you're already meeting again, maybe you're not. Um, You know, things are still pretty fluid in August of 2020. Um, just to give you one example, our church is probably an average-sized church, membership of 1,000 to 1,500, but uh, one of the largest ter- churches in the U.S., uh, North Point Church, has decided that they're not going to meet for the rest of the year. Another very large church, I'm guessing probably ten to 15,000 members or so, Um, is also in our area, and they have just reopened. So there's a wide range of things that are going on as as far as churches meeting. We have started meeting, um, you know, small meetings and, you know, with plans to reopen in a few weeks. And so it's still fluid. There's still a lot of things to consider, but the area of church safety and security um, definitely is going to be bringing some new challenges, and maybe some things that you haven't thought about before. Here's one of those things. Number one, our facilities are empty more. Uh, If you've been doing online services, if you're still doing online services, um, other than maybe having the staff in during the week, and every church is not even doing that, um, your facilities are not being used and become a target. One of the upticks that I've seen over the last probably three, four, five months is the rise in break-ins and vandalism for houses of worship. So what does this mean for you? Are you taking adequate measures to protect your facilities, especially because they're sitting empty so much more? Do you have a good alarm system? Do you have cameras set up? 
Um, these are things that, that really do need to be considered. Uh, you know, one, recently one of my safety team members said, actually I've had a couple of them tell me this over, over the last several months, that they'd just taken to driving by and just walking around the facility just to make sure everything was okay. And ours is a little bit different because we do have a daycare on site and we have a fitness center that's open to the community. So um, our hours are a little bit more, um, you know, than some churches that only meet as a church and, 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 and the staff may or may not be there. Um, our staff is in there a couple of days a week. And so we, we do have people on site. So for us, this is not a huge thing. But at the same time, um, not long after this whole thing started, we, we had a break-in. And, you know, they broke in, they stole a keyboard and, um, you know, terrible thing. But this was around the time the, uh, the whole COVID thing started. So, um, so it does happen. It's definitely something to be aware of. Are you taking steps to make sure your facilities are protected? Check your alarm system. What about cameras? You know, you can put a system in for, you know, relatively inexpensively, and it, it would be great evidence later if you had somebody break in or do vandalism. Number two, number two, protesters. We live in the, the, the era of protesting. You know, people are protesting and rioting. Some cities are seeing it regularly now. Um, but what does this have to do with the church? People aren't really protesting and rioting at churches, are they? Well, not on a large scale, but there have been incidents where protesters have shown up to um, riot or, or, or protest at church services. You know, as, as a safety team, we usually think about the one person who might become disruptive during the service. Maybe this person's got, a, you know, mental issues, emotional issues, or whatever, and, and they might become upset or about something that the pastor said or just not like something or whatever reason they they get emotionally upset and become disruptive and so we think in terms of you know one person and having to control that and you know we've had that on several occasions in our um, church where somebody would become uh, emotional or upset or angry and um, you know how does your safety team deal with that situation but let's multiply that now. Um, to to the idea of actual a larger number of people coming in and protesting, and why are they protesting? Who knows? Uh, maybe they just don't like Christians. Maybe they don't like your stand on moral issues. Maybe they don't like your stand on abortion. Uh, recently, a church in New York uh, had started meeting again. Uh, it was a smaller church, but they had started. So, and again, this is not a this is a church that was under a hundred, and. Uh, you know, they had started meeting, so it's obviously this is not a, a, a huge church with a, with a big name. This is a relatively small, maybe even we could say obscure church, but yet a group of protesters burst in during a service, 10, 12, 15 protesters, and began screaming and yelling obscenities, and um, they were upset at the, the church's policy on some social issues. And, you know, again... This is something that, that before we really hadn't given any thought to. But what about your church? Um, are you a target? Even if you're not a target, you could be a target. And of course, there are churches now who are um, in some, some states. I've, I've read about several churches in California that um, are actually defying 
the the governmental orders to shut down, and they've said, we're not shutting down anymore. We're a church. We're opening back up. And, you know, this is something that uh, these churches have to be aware of, and they have to be prepared for, because there are some people that are going to complain. The fitness center at our church, um, we didn't have any protesters, but we had people calling and complaining that we were open. Um, Our fitness center was open a week or two longer than most of the others in the area and uh, opened just as quickly as the governor allowed. So um, there were some people that were upset that we didn't voluntarily stay closed longer. So you, you never know what's going to set people off. And so the question here is, what is your plan to deal with protesters? Uh, if, if they showed up to protest in your parking lot or to try and enter your facility, how would you handle that? How would your church handle that? And don't say it can't happen to us. I mean, this church in New York wasn't expecting it. And again, this was a small church, and yet it still happened. Don't go away. We will be right back. But I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, The Darkest Part of the Night. The Darkest Part of the Night is volume two in my previous fiction series. And if you haven't read this series, I encourage you to jump in. It's a, a seat-of-the-pants thriller, action-packed, um, you know, a lot of lot of really good action scenes. People love it. People love the characters. Uh, there's some romance kind of woven in to, to, to this novel. And uh, this is volume two of the series. And I really encourage you to check it out. The reason I'm highlighting my novels again is I'm getting ready to release another book, another novel, in the next few weeks. In fact, next week I'll actually be reading an excerpt from it on the show. But check out the darkest part of the night. The, 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 the gist of the story is, this is part of the Zombie Terror War series, and most people hear zombies and immediately check out, but this is a bioterror weapon created by our enemies, and it's been released in America. And my group of experts, my group of warriors, my group of people with combat and, and, and special operations experience have to deal with this threat. And so it is, again, fast-moving, high-energy, and you know if you're looking for, for a little bit of a diversion during these crazy times, check out The Darkest Part of the Night. There'll be a link in the show notes. Um, if you want to start with book one, that link was last week. Jump in, grab hold of both of them, and uh, eventually read the whole series. You will love it. Well, all right, we have, we're talking about church safety in the year 2020. Uh, we talked about the fact that, that our facilities are empty more, which means there's more of a potential for break-ins and vandalism. Um, also, the, the possibility of protesters. That's never been something churches have had to worry about before, but it is becoming a fact of life in every facet of society. Number three, there are new safety measures in place for health. Now, these are things that that now have absolutely just kind of become normal and we just kind of laugh at them. But, I mean, wearing masks. I mean, if, you know, eight months ago, ten months ago, if people started showing up in your church wearing masks, 
you would be one wanting to know what's going on. Now it's a, a normal thing. Um, registration. You know, people need to register before they come to church. Uh, temperature checks. You know, we check everybody's temperature at the door before we let them in. Um, distancing. And the question here is, is, is your safety team a part of this process? Now, this doesn't mean that your safety team is going around with a ruler and making sure people are six feet apart or maintaining you know, sufficient safe space. That's not what we're doing. But just the fact that we have these things in place provides the potential for conflict. What do I mean? Well, some people get very upset when other people don't wear masks. And we don't require masks at our church for people that are just merely attending. Now, we may go to that at some point. Now, for people that are serving as volunteers, safety team, service team, whatever, of course, they are required to wear a mask. But for, for people that are just attending, they're not required to. And for some people, that's a huge issue. Other people get upset that, that they're required to wear a mask to serve or, you know, whatever. Um, some churches actually require a mask, and, and, and for, that's a touchy point for some people. I talked to someone the other day who um, said, well, you know, if your church requires masks, I would never visit. And I'm like, look, I, I hear you. I agree. I hate wearing a mask. But at the same time, if it makes people feel more comfortable to come to church, I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm, I'm all on board. I don't care. But at the same time, it's a very emotional issue for some people. And as a safety team, as a church security team, we want to be aware of that because we want to be able to diffuse situations. Um, in some, some arenas, and ours in, in particular, right now we're not allowing children to come to church. So this, of course, you know, creates a little bit of a, a tough t- situation. You know, one parent comes, the other one keeps the kids, and then next week they alternate. But what if a family of new people show up with kids and, and they get upset that we're not allowing them in? Well, we're visiting. We're guests. What do you mean we can't come in? Well, at least for the first month, our phase one rollout is no children. And that's to protect everybody. It's to protect the kids' workers. It's to, um, you know, just to kind of ease back in slowly. And again, for some people, this is a touchy issue. So what happens if somebody's temperature comes up too high? Um, you know, we give them a few minutes to, to, to go inside on one part of the area, one part of our, our lobby that's kind of set apart for this. They can kind of hang by themselves for a few minutes and then we'll check it again. But, um, you know, if that person gets asked to leave because their temperature still hasn't come down, um, are they going to be upset? Are they going to be angry? Is there going to be an issue? So again, these are things we have to consider. These are new safety measures and, um, you know, Obviously, we want to respect people's space. We want to respect people's feelings. Um, But, you know, these safety measures are in place, and it doesn't necessarily mean the safety and security team are enforcing them, um, but we are there to assist everyone else at the church that's serving, whether it's the, the service team or whoever is, you know, letting the people in. So that's number three. And then number four, and this is a big one. This is one we don't think about. But many church members are struggling with mental health issues. Mental health issues? Well, that sounds terrible. But what I'm talking about is depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts, 
fear, worry. So many church members have been dealing with these things over the last six or eight months. And so now, um, now that we're starting to come back together, now that churches are starting to meet again, um, how are we as a church dealing with it? But what potential problems does this create for the safety team? Because we think of threats coming from outside. We think of threats coming from strangers. We think of threats coming from visitors. People we don't know show up in church and cause a problem. But what we're seeing in some cases is people who, who are our church members, our friends, people that we know, these mental health issues that they've been dealing with, being isolated, the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the suicidal thoughts, some of the, these things are starting to come to the surface. And they will, um, in some cases, manifest themselves when we get back together. Here's an example. Recently, like in the last month, <clears throat> a church in Virginia, the pastor, the, the, the church had opened its doors and was, was having some small meetings to get ready to start having church services again. So I believe they were having some Bible studies. Uh, one was being led by a pastor. And, uh, you know, it was a smaller group of people. But, uh, you know, people need to be together. Church people, we need to be together. We're family. And so so that's what this pastor was doing, is he was having some smaller meetings in the building, getting people back together. Well, a church member, a man, a, a guy who's been a part of that church for a number of years, was battling uh, some type of inner demons, some depression and some other stuff. And he snapped during the Bible study and pulled a knife and attacked the pastor. And thankfully, there was an off-duty police officer there and a couple of the other men in the group. They grabbed the man. They subdued him. They got the knife away from him. Um, a few of them were actually cut, but no, no, nothing life-threatening. Um, it could have been so much worse. But this wasn't a stranger. This was a man they all knew. And because of the pressure that we've all been dealing with over the last months, we have to understand that some folks might be near a breaking point. And so as members of the safety and security team, listen, we're watching everybody. We're not paranoid. We're not, you know, worried, but we're also aware that people have been under pressure. There's financial issues. Maybe they've lost their job. Um, talking to someone recently, dealing with suicidal thoughts. And so these things all come to the front. And so as part of the safety and security team, we have to be aware of that. And so, you know, it may not be as dramatic as somebody pulling a knife, but it could be somebody just having a bit of a breakdown during a service. And, you know, as a safety team member, what I tell my guys is, you know, listen, we're, we may not be pastors, but we, we're part of the pastoral team in the sense that we may have to go pray for somebody. You know, there may be times when there's not a pastor around and, you know, it's up to you to talk to that person and calm them down and let them know because we speak for the church. We represent the church. And so there might be that time when, when you have to be the one to just be there to, to offer those encouraging words and to offer that prayer. So um, I hope these four things have maybe been kind of enlightening for you as we look at church safety in the year 2020. Just a quick recap. Our facilities are empty more. So what is our plan for keeping them safe. We've got a lot invested there, so we want to make sure we, 
We, we, we, we use due diligence to protect what God's entrusted to us. Uh, second, um, protesters. Are, is that an issue? Is that a potential issue for where we live? Obviously, if you live in a rural area, it's probably not much of a, an issue. But if you're uh, an inner city church or even maybe a suburban church, it's definitely something to consider. Um, do you have a plan in place? And then how do the new safety measures that we're having to implement because of COVID-19, how do these safety measures, um, do, what potential problems or challenges is, do, do they cause? Um, definitely something to be aware of. And then the last one is the fact that many of our church members are struggling with mental health issues. And, you know, mental health issues sometimes has a really bad stigma. But again, we're talking about depression and anxiety and worry and fear and maybe some marital stress and maybe some financial issues, maybe some suicidal thoughts. These are things that, that all fall under that umbrella. And it's definitely things that we need to be aware of. Well, I'd love to know what I missed. If you can think of anything to add to that list, I would love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter, and I will look forward to seeing you again next week on Leading and Learning.